We're going to be going to the book of James, chapter 5, and uh, verses 7 through uh, 9, I believe it is. Or beginning verse 7, hallelujah. I've got a misprint on my paper up here. Therefore, be patient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed which who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. I want you to notice that phrase especially. The end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege of being in this service today. Thank you, God, for this great crowd of folks that's come together today. Bless this message. I pray that you'll open the ears of everyone here. I don't know people's heart, but you do. And if there's just one soul, two, or ever how many in this house today who's not made their calling and election sure, they're not ready to meet you, I pray that they won't leave here today until they find you, Lord, at an altar of repentance. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, God's Desire for You. God's Desire for You. I don't know if you've ever even gave it any thought or not, but think about the very God of the universe, the God who created everything, the God who spoke the worlds into existence. He has got a specific individual plan and desire for everybody in this building today. Not only this building, but those that's on the outside. God has got a desire for you. Uh, if you're a parent and have raised children, I believe all, all children has got a desire for their children. Most, most parents want to see their children grow up and to be able to do better than what they have. Amen. They, and, they, and they work hard and to do everything they can do to give the, those children uh, a, a good opportunity. Well, just like we as human beings, God has got a desire for you. And let me say, you, even though you might be a disobedient child, you've been not fulfilling all God's uh, a plan in your life yet, amen, he's still got a desire for you. You may be backslidden, you may be a prodigal, you may be cold, hallelujah, amen, or lukewarm, but God has still got a desire for you. As I mingle 
with different people from day to day. And I hear the numerous comments made concerning God and various thoughts concerning him. I have found that many have a negative or distorted view of who God really is. Amen. And especially his desire and intentions for mankind. Those people who admit, at least admit there is a God, a lot of people in this world, their, their view about God is distorted. Uh, they don't have a good understanding about who God really is and that what God's intentions is. But let me start off by telling everybody in this house today, first off, God is not a bully. I said the God that I serve is not a bully. He doesn't seek pleasure into pushing people around or causing us pain. And a lot of people will try to lay that trip upon God. Hallelujah. Oh, if, if there is a God, why this or why that? I mean, you know, when, when the twin tires fell, uh, why in the world, uh, where was God when over 3,000 people died when uh, the twin tires fell? That was tragic. It was tragic for those 3,000. Hallelujah. But what I read about it, in those twin thousands, there was over 50,000 people employed in those two tires put together. Hallelujah. So God kept his hand, amen, even in that situation. It could have been over 50,000. It's easy for us to blame somebody else when it's us not coming up to par. It's easy for me to pull my finger at you and blame you, amen, for certain troubles because I will not, I refuse to look myself in the face, amen, and admit that Sammy Pruitt, amen, has got his own difficulties. Hallelujah. God does not seek pleasure in pushing people around or causing us pain. The majority of problems that we encounter, now I'm, you know, I'm a, I'll be 61 my ne next birthday, and I've, I mean, I'm not the smartest man around, but I have learned, amen, a few things. And instead of me trying to blame God for this problem and that problem I have, I found out a few things. Number one, we cause our most problems. The majority of your problems that you have in life points back to you. How in the world is that? Well, we cause our own problems. We bring them on by ill-advised decisions. Come on. Poor planning. Huh? Believe you, believe you me. Sister Lisa, we can get ourselves in more trouble in three minutes than take us uh, 30 years to get out of. Hallelujah. And when I go about and I, and I do something on the spur of the moment, or I do it just because it feels good, and I don't think about the consequences, I don't think about who it hurts, hallelujah, and then when I do that, and then it comes back and smacks me in the face, I cannot blame God. It wasn't God's fault. 
Hallelujah. So a lot of our problems we cause ourselves. You know what the Scripture calls that? The Scripture calls that reaping what you sow. Now, if you keep up on the Internet, you'll hear this word, and I, I, I'm not too much in that because I don't go along with that mysticism and all that Far Eastern jazz, but what, uh, 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 what a lot of people calls karma gets you. I, mean, I, I don't know very much about karma, but I know what the book says. The book says, whatsoever a man soweth, that what he also shall reap. Hallelujah. Of course, there are some things that happen in life that's just simply a part of life. Life happens. Get over it and live it. Hello. Glory to God. Amen. So, there is no need to blame yourself or God or anyone else. And all that being said, after I said all of that, before you can begin to have an intimate relationship with anyone, you need to first become acquainted with some basic values about them. And the same is true with God. And the most important first step in knowing God is understanding his desire and plan for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a plan for you. It, it don't matter what you're going through right now. God's got a plan for you. Hallelujah. He's got a desire for you. And the most important step that you need to understand, his love, his compassion, and even his heartbreak when you and he are not connected. It breaks God's heart when you wander from him and you're no longer connected with him. It breaks his heart. Hallelujah. God's got a desire for you. I want everybody in this house to leave here with that on their mind and in their spirit. I want you to take it with you this coming week. Amen. And think about it. Amen. I hope you dream about it. God's got a desire for you. What is his desire for me, somebody might say. I, number one, he desires for all to be saved. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't fall into that trap to let, listen to the devil whisper in your ear, well, you done done too much bad. God don't love you no more. You're going to hell. You just well to have fun right now. Let me tell you something. Don't listen to the devil's lie. Hallelujah. God is not willing that any should perish. God does not want nobody to go to hell. That, you know, I let me debunk something else, something everybody says also. They say, well, if God is God of love, how come he sends people to hell? God never will send one human being to hell. If you go there, you're going to go, amen, because you send your own self, hallelujah. If you go to hell, hallelujah, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to be drugged plumbed through the blood of Jesus to get there because he died in Calvary. He spent his life blood. He poured out everything so you wouldn't have to go to hell.
Hallelujah. God is desire for you is that you'll be saved. Hallelujah. I want you to notice a verse of scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that a double L all should come to repentance. This verse in 2 Peter, according to the context of the third chapter, if you read that whole chapter, it deals with the second coming of Jesus. Apostle Paul warns the people that scoffers would come in the last days. A scoffer is somebody who ridicules or makes fun or mocks something. He said that would be scoffers come claiming that Jesus is not returning. Hallelujah. Look how long it's been. You've been hearing people say Jesus is coming all your life. He ain't showed up now. He never will show up. But Peter tells us the reason, listen close, the reason of the long wait is that God is long-suffering. That's what the Scripture says. God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. Let me ask, I can tell you why Jesus didn't come yesterday. He's for those people, he knew there was going to be some people in this church house today who needed to get things fixed up with God. God gave you another chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about God's desire for you. Hallelujah. Why in the world did he create a hell then? The Bible said God created hell for the devil and his angels. Now, angels, when... Angels are immortal beings. They can't die. So when the angel, including Lucifer, when he became the devil and he fell, and he took a third part of the angels with him when he fell, God had to create a place for them because they were immortal and they couldn't die. So he created hell for the devil and his angels. He didn't create the hell for mankind. He never had a desire for men to be lost. Hallelujah. He, he's got a place in heaven. He wants you to be with your, your mama, your daddy, or your uncle, or your grandfather who's done gone on. He don't want you to be eternally separated from them or him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's not willing any should perish but all should come to repentance. And during this period of waiting for his return, God is using every avenue he has to beg, plead, and appeal to every soul under heaven to repent and come to Christ, to receive forgiveness so they can be ready when he comes. He uses a service like we've had today. The Spirit of the Lord has been in this house already. And the Spirit, when the Spirit of God comes in, He comes in just, not just to make different people rejoice and feel good, but He's here to plead with people. Hallelujah. He's here to knock on people's hearts. Hallelujah. 
God is doing everything he can do to keep you from being lost. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody here has ever had to do things they didn't really want to do, but they had to do it. Maybe maybe it was had something to do with your job or, or what, but as a pastor, I've been forced to do things that I really didn't care to do, I really didn't want to do. And you've got to have a sense of understanding, uh, you know, what it, what it means to do certain things that you want, don't want to do. There's something, I believe this is another reason why God ain't returned yet. And he's still waiting and long-suffering, preparing. Because God is putting off having to say three words to people from all over the world. There are three words. There are three words that God is going to be forced to say to a whole lot of people at the judgment. And I, I, you know, I, that's a good possibility that that could be factored in with everything else why he hadn't already come. You know what those three words are? Depart from me. Depart from me. Some of you people have felt the Spirit of God touching you, blessing you. Some of you has felt his presence and his power. Some of you know that he's put a calling in your life. He's given you a gift. But for whatever reason, you have chosen to take another path. That, and that's something else about God's nature. And I'm going to tell you something. God has got more power in his little pinky than everybody in the world put, put together all together. Hallelujah. But even though he has so much power and he could wipe you out with a blink of an eye, he's got compassion for you, and he's not going to make you serve him. He's not going to make you come to an altar and pray of repentance. He's not going to make you, amen, go up to the water and be baptized in his name. He's not going to force you to do it. He's made you a free moral agent, giving you the power to choose. He could, he, God could create us all like robots. He could have programmed us. But he already had millions of angels programmed to worship him when he created man. He said, I'm going to give them the power to choose. He said, it's going to break my heart because I know a lot of them is not going to choose man. They choose a lie of the devil. They choose it's better to go out here and, and, and party down and get high and, and to shoot up drugs even though it's killing them little by little. Hallelujah. So he keeps putting off one day soon. One day soon. He's going to have to say those three words. Depart from me. Depart from me. But it's not his desire. 
it's not his desire. Hallelujah. Amen. He's, so he sends the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit is doing, doing right now? Right now, while this plain old country boy is, is, is preaching, the Holy Spirit is making his way to heart to heart, kind of poking you in the side to listen to him. He's telling you the truth. It's called conviction. It's called letting you know what you should do. Revelation 22 and 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hears say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will. Whosoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Hallelujah. Whosoever. That's God's desire for you to be saved. Number two, God, he desires for you to prosper. He desires, excuse me, for you to prosper. God loves to spoil his children. And his thrill is in our joy. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, what, what about it, moms and dads? Admit it. You like spoiling them children. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I like it better when, become, when I become a grand, grandfather. Hallelujah. The grandgirls would come over the house when they was a lot younger, and me and Mama could spoil them and then send them back home, Mom and Daddy. Hallelujah. But Mom and Dad like to spoil too. You've heard, you heard me tell my story, and it, I ain't going to get all back into that because this thing is not about me. But, you know, when our three was growing up, of course, I, I had a call of God, I had to preach. But something I couldn't I could not put that above everything else. I couldn't do it. I've turned down a whole lot of positions. Opportunities to make three times as much money as what I ever have made. Hallelujah. Amen. But that automatically goes behind because my calling was first what God <laughs> but even though I had that, it may make you choose sometimes the lower-paying job. But still, when it comes close to birthdays, come close to Christmas, and this man counted the money in his pocketbook, and I knew what my paycheck was going to be, and I knew something special was coming up. You know what I'd be doing? I'd be out looking. I'd be out looking for another part-time job or another, even, even a full-time job sometimes, two full-time jobs. Why? Because I wanted to make a, something special for my children. I wanted Christmas to be special, especially what I could make it. You know what I'm talking about. 
And if we're that way with our children, stop and think about how God is with you. God loves to spoil his children. And his thrill is our joy. Hallelujah. When, when he looks down and he sees us happy and enjoying life, God, oh, Lord, it just it, it makes his day. Now, while in life we are going to be bombarded on every side, and sometimes the things that you go through seems hopeless, but God is still on the throne. No matter how many detours we are forced to take, God has a plan for you, and His plans are, to, Amen, are to good uh, to bring you hope and a glorious future. Hallelujah, Amen. Yeah, you may have to go through some details. Uh, hallelujah, Amen. God has got you headed to heaven, and you may have to go through hell to get there, but God will bring you through because you're His child. He's your Father, and He wants to. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I like what the NIV version, how it translates this. So I asked them to put the NIV version up. This is what God says. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah. Oh, do you see what God is saying? God's got a desire for you. Hallelujah. He wants to see you thrive. He wants you to have a future of hope. Glory to God in prosperity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you will only let him, he will take you there. Hallelujah. I know what my plans are. I know what my thoughts are concerning you. Oh, you may be going through some stuff, but I'm having to allow you to go through some stuff so you can appreciate me more. I have to allow you to go through some stuff that when the good things do come, you better understand how to appreciate those good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only are we not only are his plans designed for eternal home of bliss, he desires for you to prosper here and now. Amen. So uh, so for the benefit of others. Third John verse one and uh, 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 chapter one and verse two. Listen, look at that. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Now, I hope that you get the main point of that. God's major concern is your soul because the condition of your soul is going to mean whether or not you're going to spend eternity with him. But if you allow God to do whatever it takes to get your soul in the place it should be, then God's going to bless you even on this earth other ways. He's going to let you prosper. Everybody in this house right now, you possess things, not that you need, but it's an added blessing. We can survive on a whole lot less than what we think we can. 
And people who live in this nation, we have been blessed abundantly by God. That's why it's such a shame that the leadership is turning their back on them. Hallelujah. The blessings is not going to be as abundant for this country in the future as they have been in the past. I, I need to go on. I will not say anything else on that. I've been talking a lot about that. Thirdly and finally, this is my final point. I'm going to close. He desires for you to be with him. John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. This is the words of Jesus. And let me give you a little backdrop here. This, this was spoken the night before he was crucified. They was in the upper room. They had the, uh, uh, the last supper took place. And he had uh, showed them the importance about humility by getting down and washing his disciples' feet. And before they left and went away, there was a lot of things that he told them. And this was one of the things he told them. He says, he told them he was going to have to go away. And because of that, they was concerned and they were sad. And this is what his reply was to them. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God has a desire for you to be with Him. He don't want you and Him to be separated. He wants you to be together. One final scripture. I want Brother Darrell to go ahead and get ready for a course. Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. God's desire for you. He wants you to be with Him throughout all eternity. I've never been able to afford or own a mansion down here. But you know what? I got one waiting for me. Hallelujah. I got a special place that he's designed especially for me. You know why? Because he wants me to be with him. I remember as a child growing up, we had family members scattered everywhere, and 
we had a bunch of family members lived up north. And every two or three years, some of them would come down, and mom and dad would get all excited, and they would they would work and prepare guest rooms and get everything and stock up on extra food and everything to get ready because kinfolk were coming, getting ready. You know what? God's been getting things ready for you, Brother Kenneth, for a long time. He's excited. He said, he said, my, he said my son Kenneth is fixing to pay me a visit. I'm going to make sure everything's ready. I'm going to make sure he's got a mansion spick and span. Hallelujah. I want him to be with me. I want to be his God. Hallelujah. I want, I've created this place where there's not going to be no more sickness. Ain't gonna be. He says a lot of my children has wept many tears because they had to they had to lose a mama, a father, a loved one. He said, God says, but I'm gonna wipe those tears away because ain't gonna be no more sickness. God says, ain't gonna be no cancer in my place. Hallelujah. He said, ain't gonna be no sickness, no sorrow, no suffering, no death. All the former things have passed away. You see, God's not some big bully, abuser, up in heaven just sitting back waiting for you to make a mistake so he's got an excuse to, to give you a backhanded lick. Instead, God is a father of love. He's standing with his arms stretched open wide, saying, come unto me, come unto me. Oh, ye who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. What excuse do I have? What excuse you have? Nothing. Nothing. All you got to do is trust him, believe him. Fall at an altar of prayer. Say, Lord, I know I have messed up. I'm asking you, God, to forgive me. Lord, I'm taking you at your holy word. I repent of my sins. I, I want you to come in my life from this day forth. I want to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. If you're willing to say that prayer and say it by your heart, your whole life is going to change. You will never be the same. And God will always be with you. Stand to your feet. If anybody wants to come today, the altars are open.